Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. So glad you've tuned in to Calvary Live this afternoon, and I'll be your host for the next hour. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I invite you to call in and ask questions. This, of course, is a show where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions about uh, the Bible or Christian living or to give your prayer request. So you just heard the number to give me a call, 303-690-3000. And so lines are open. Grab one of those open lines. I pray that you're having a blessed day. we got a beautiful day here in Colorado. And uh, it's just so wonderful uh, this time of the year. Is, uh, we are only, as you're listening on Grace FM, you're listening live. We're only a week away from Christmas and those of you listening on the East Coast on Hope and Truth FM, you're a week delayed, and so you'll be picking up this program on Christmas Day. Uh, but I do want to wish everybody a very blessed and Merry Christmas. It really is a special time of the year. And uh, so maybe you got a question about the Christmas story, the first advent of Jesus. Maybe you got a question about the second advent of Jesus. And uh, as you heard our program on Grace FM, uh, we're going to have Christmas Eve services at 4 and 6 o'clock here at Calvary Chapel Greeley uh, on Monday. And then we will have a New Year's Eve prophecy update, the Days of Zephaniah, on New Year's Eve Monday at 7 o'clock. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a special time as we close out the year. And, of course, on Sunday uh, mornings, the last two Sundays of the year, we'll be in the Book of Romans. And so looking forward to our Revelation study. Just uh, so much to be thankful for as we celebrate Christmas as we uh, head into a new year, uh, as we continue to study the Bible, I just uh, cannot emphasize enough the importance of of us as Christians to continue in the Word of God. And I want to encourage you in that. And I pray that as you listen to your Christian stations and you here in Colorado, all along the Front Range up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM, are listening to great Bible teaching, that you continue to grow in the knowledge and love of Jesus Christ. And and it is a very much of a blessing and a privilege for me to be a part of your life and a part of uh, Grace FM and to be able to encourage you in the things of the Lord. So we want to do that uh, and continue to do that uh, this afternoon. 303-690-3000 is the number to call and uh, to be on the air. So I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and you have a text line, you can also text in a question or a prayer request, and that number is 720-336-0897. Just as the phone lines are starting uh, to ring, I do want to encourage you that invite somebody out to your church the Christmas Eve as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, and I want to read to you just a portion very quickly of Luke chapter 2 uh, that it says that it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up to Galilee out of the city of Nazareth and to Judea, 
to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And what my prayer is, is that as we remember that magnificent night 2,000 years ago, that God came in the person of Jesus Christ, born uh, unto us, a child given. uh, And we now have hope because Jesus Christ, his name means the Lord thy salvation, would go to a cross and die for us. And, And it's interesting that it says that they laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And I pray that all of us would make room for him in our hearts this Christmas season. So uh, celebrate with other believers this Christmas Eve. Uh, invite somebody with you so they can uh, be reminded of what the season really is to be about. And I just want to encourage you in that way. So, hey, we do have an open line, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. That text number to text in a question or a prayer request is 720-336-0897. But let's go to Travis in Boulder. Travis? Hey, how's it going? Good, Travis. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I just had a quick question about uh, baptism. Okay. Um, I know that baptism is not required for salvation, and it kind of gets into a hot spot between me and my wife because she wants the Scripture, and I can't give her the scripture. So if you could just give me a hand, some of the passages that say, you know, baptism is not required for being saved, that would be so helpful. You know, Travis, it's, it's, what you're asking is a very good question, and it's very important for us to understand. Um, a couple things for you to consider. Um, I'm going to give you some scripture. Um, we know that to understand the doctrine of justification— we need to have a good understanding of what is told to us in the New Testament. You know what that term justification means. It means being declared righteous. Um, right. It's a legal term. It, it speaks of our salvation. And the reason that I'm mentioning that is because on Sunday mornings we're going through the book of Romans. And in the book of Romans it declares us all guilty before God, chapters 1, 2, and 3. And then he brings up this doctrine of justification. And it's really important for us to understand that that we are not justified by our works. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to earn salvation. So that's the first thing that we know as we read that being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And that word freely means you cannot purchase it. You cannot work for it. When we're in um, this week uh, uh, in uh, Romans chapter 5, we see this repeated over and over again, that here is Paul talking about that through Adam we sinned, and, uh, but the free gift which came to many offenses resulted in justification. It's a free gift. The free gift came to all men, verse 18, resulting in justification of life. That's the second time. Uh, he goes on to say in chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's really important, and also Galatians backs this up, to understand that it's not by works that we're saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that we're saved by grace through faith, it's not of ourselves, 
It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. Also, as we look at baptism, because there are those who will call and they will argue, you have to be baptized in order to be saved for salvation. And what they are saying is, is that Jesus' death on the cross was not sufficient for our salvation, that we have to do the rest, that when Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished, that we're saying that it's not finished, that we have to finish it. But Paul in 1 Corinthians, I'll give you this, so you can speak more directly to baptism, that Paul says that, I thank God in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, that I baptize none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of no effect. So here is Paul saying, listen, it's the gospel that saves you, not baptism. He did not send me to baptize. Paul would not say that if if baptism was necessary for salvation. So we know that we aren't saved by works. Jesus would turn to the thief on the cross and tell him, before the day you know, the sun has set, you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say to him, oh, sorry, you'd be saved, but you got to be baptized. And the reason that I mention that is because sometimes people will say, well, that's the words of Paul. We need to believe the words of Jesus where he says, go and baptize, you know, um, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They'll, they'll quote from Mark chapter 16 um, and say that we have to be baptized uh, in order for salvation. And it's looking at the text wrong, I believe. And um, here's the other thing. Um, to say that Paul's words here in 1 Corinthians, um, you know, that we don't need to take it to heart, this is all inspired by God from Genesis to Revelation. This is God's word. But if you want to look at the words of Jesus, you know, Jesus, that story in Luke chapter 7, do you, are you familiar with that story, uh, Travis? Very vaguely. I just recently read it, but it's not committed to memory yet. Here's what I was thinking. You know, this woman comes in. Jesus is at dinner at the Pharisee. She comes in. She's known as a notorious sinner. And she's worshiping Jesus. She's kissing his feet. She's washing his feet with her, you know, tears, drying them with her hair. And and Jesus, looking at this, here's Simon and the Pharisees saying, if he knew what kind of woman was touching him. And, and he addresses Simon in that. And, and I'm going to read just a little bit to you. And he says, Therefore, Simon, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And that, to me, is remarkable. He said, Your sins are forgiven. You're you are forgiven. You are saved. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He didn't say as she left that scene, oh, by the way, excuse me, you have to be baptized because your faith is not enough in me. We are saved by faith alone. And Travis, that's so important for us as Christians to understand we cannot purchase our salvation. We cannot earn it. It is by faith in Jesus Christ surrendering to him. Now, with that said, baptism is important. I'm not saying don't go out and be baptized. It is identifying with Christ. It's a declaration that I follow Christ, 
that, um, you know, as I go under the water, I identify that the old man, the old woman is dead. I come out of the water. It symbolizes that I live in this newness of life, this resurrected life with Jesus Christ. But it's not necessary for salvation. It is declaring that I am saved. And and so those are the things to really examine as you look at the New Testament. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I believe in all that, but my wife is Lutheran. We go off to the, the New International Version, and the wording just seems to be a little bit different and throws her through a loop, and so I was just hoping to point her to the specific passage that goes, no, this isn't required. It's just absolutely helpful. Well, in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, this is a, a verse that a lot of people get stumped by. When Jesus says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And and in the wording there, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But what condemns you? But he who does not believe will be condemned. And I think that, you know, the thing is, is that the Lord would, it's, it's not, you know, not being baptized that condemns you. It's not believing that condemns you. So you got to read that very carefully. Good question. Good question, Travis. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hey, you have a Merry Christmas. You too. God bless you. Um, Bye. Bye Bye-bye. It's a question that comes up a lot about baptism, and, and, um, you know, and the thing about it is Jesus paid the price. His death on the cross was sufficient for us, um, for salvation, forgiveness of sin. He did it all, man. He did it all, and we need to remember that. Let's go to Selena in Denver. Yeah, this is, hi, how are you? <laughs> Selena? Yeah, this is her. How are you? I'm doing good, doing well, thank you. Good, what can we do for you? Um, so I have a couple things. First off, I had lunch with my mom, and she asked that I ask for a prayer request on the relationship she has with my brother, and my brother's pretty much fiancé. Um, okay. it, it's a very difficult situation between them. And then the second part of what I'm, I'm requesting is also maybe just some guidance in Scripture. She may be listening. She's at work. And I told her to tune in. And some just guidance on how to um, be the example. Like I'm only her daughter, and I try and give Scripture, but I don't want to be overwhelming, so hearing it from a pastor might be a little bit better. But just, like, mm-hmm. guidance on reconciliation, um, taming the tongue, you know, and James, uh, forgiveness. And, and apology, apologizing, like, we need to ask for forgiveness, and it doesn't mean that they have to say sorry, but we need to, you know, just uh, apologize for what we've done and not expect anything in return. Right. So. And, and that's, you know, that's the responsibility that we have. You, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus talked about if you feel like you've offended your brother, then leave your gift and go back and reconcile and then offer your gift on the altar. And one of the things that we need to always remember that is God's desire that there be reconciliation and restoration uh, mm-hmm. between you know family members and other brothers and sisters, and part of that is forgiveness. And mm-hmm. um, and forgiveness is not condoning or just you know being a doormat to be walked on, you know not knowing the circumstances, but it is choosing to forgive and to continue to love and have a desire for there to be healing, restoration, forgiveness, whatever their circumstances might be. But she's in a position of praying, um, and, you know, some of the, um, I think about in Ephesians, 
Um, let me pull it up to you. Ephesians talks about uh, as we speak to one another. Uh, she maybe already has um, considered this, but uh, it says, Therefore, um, be angry, do not sin, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we feel like we got a good reason to be angry. But mm-hmm. the key is, is not to sin. And don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Because the problem is, is when we get angry, and when we get full of wrath, and uh, we can really open the doors for the enemy to come in and begin to work. Right. And, uh, and so we want to give it to the Lord. And I've always said this to people, make sure that you let the Lord determine how you react. Mm-hmm. Not the flesh, you know, because, you know, um, again, sh- she may feel like she has good reason to be upset or whatever. But he goes on and says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. So we want to make sure that what we say, you know, is uh, going to be not corrupt words. It's not going to be tearing people down. We can be honest. We can speak the truth, but we speak the truth in love is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. And as we do, God's going to use it. Because when we get mad, we get angry, we begin to speak corrupt words, uh, we blow up. It doesn't bring the righteousness of God, does it, at all? No. And so um, another verse that I wanted to give to you uh, is um, Paul, when he's talking to Timothy, he if I can pull it up, and I'm doing this from memory. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Second Timothy chapter 2, he says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. And I think that's a good verse when, you know, we're frustrated, we're trying to bring correction, we're to do it in humility, we're not to do it in a way that we're quarreling all the time and fighting, gentle at all, able to teach, patient, um, and that they may come to their senses. And so that's a good verse for her to pray through and look at. And uh, so, Mom, if you are listening, the Lord wants to work, and he wants to use you. And, you know, be one that, um, that you can, in truth, speak um, in love the truth, and you be gentle and you desire there to be restoration, and you desire for there to be that that healing in your relationship with your son and with uh, his fiance. So hopefully that helps some some scripture to pray through and think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And the um, scripture you brought up in Ephesians, what was that? Ephesians what? Ephesians chapter five. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And, I, you know, I always take that through when I do premarital counseling. I always mm-hmm. run that through, you know, and it's not just for married couples. But, you know, when you get married, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. And it's very easy to tear down and get mad and start arguing and quarreling and all that. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29, and then 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Two good verses. Perfect. Thank you so much. Tim- and, um yeah, then just yeah, just prayer for for our family and for the situation Absolutely. so it can be reconciled. Absolutely. I'm pregnant and my my son's going to come next month and I would like my mom and my brother to be in the same room, you know. <laughs> Absolutely and congratulations and let's thank let's you. pray for for your baby coming. So Lord, I thank you for Selena. I 
She's going to have a baby next month. It's so exciting. I just pray that um, that this baby would be healthy, uh, help her with the delivery. It would be a joyous time, and I pray for there to be healing and restoration with family, with mom and brother and fiancé, that it would be a joyous time. Lord, that you would just put that peace in their hearts, that they would come together with clarity and understanding whatever the situation is, to be able to reconcile, to be able to, Lord, move forward. And, uh, Lord, in gentleness, in humility, knowing that you want to work. And I pray that the Scriptures would guide them in whatever it is that they are facing. And, Lord, that you would do that work and in uh, bringing them together because you're the one that brings relationships together and bring healing and to, to build upon your love and your wisdom and your comfort in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and, and God bless you as you have this child, this baby, next month. Yes, God bless you, too. Thank you. Ah, uh-huh, Selena. <laughs> okay, we have some open lines, 303-690-3000. I know that this time of the year can be very difficult with relationships with family and friends. Perhaps some of you have gone through some losses. Um, some of you are, are really praying for perhaps that prodigal to knock on your door, um, to come home for Christmas, to come back to the Lord. And so I want to encourage you that to keep praying and keep looking to the Lord. And um, he's the one that's the healer. He's the one that desires for there to be that restoration and, and to look to the Scriptures to guide you um, in everything, in all the situations and circumstances that you face. So give me a call. Love to pray with you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs up here in Greeley, Colorado at the Calvary. And the text number is 720-336-0897. And you can text me in a, a question or a prayer request. But let's go to Joe in Colorado Springs. Joe? Joe, are you there? I know he'd been waiting for a little bit. Joe, give me a call. I know you dropped, but you had interesting questions about Isaiah's names for Jesus. And uh, we just got through. We're going to finish the book of Isaiah tomorrow. And and there are some interesting names for Jesus. One of the things that also uh, it gets me to thinking about um, that there are titles and names for Jesus in the book of Revelation that we'll be going through. But one of the things that really has caught my eye is that Jesus refers to himself as the Lamb of God. And he is called the Word of God. He's called the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings in the book of Revelation. But, you know, he, he refers to himself as the Lamb of God. And, and I think that's so interesting because it really shows the importance that Jesus came and died for our sins and the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit as we go into the book of Revelation. So, Joe, sorry you missed your call. Give me a call if you can back. But let's go to Jeremiah in Denver. Jeremiah, you there? Yes, I am here. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. You're on Calvary Live. Okay. Um, so basically, I just had a prayer request. Um, I'm... Uh, I'm starting to lead a, uh, a worship service at, uh, at my church, basically, um, and it's starting to grow, and 
it's starting to become a calling of what God wants me to do. I can tell. Um, but we, I, I can kind of tell these last few days for me, especially, and for some of the people that are helping me lead it, um, that we're being kind of spiritually under attack and it's kind of overwhelming. And I just it basically would like some protection, yeah. some prayer for that, some guidance Absolutely. for leadership. Absolutely. Welcome to ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to ministry, Jeremiah. You know, that's one of the things that um, ministry is exciting. And, and just listening to you, um, you know, it really touches my heart, warms my heart that you're, you're leading worship. It's so important. That ministry is an incredible ministry, um, leading worship, whatever we're called to do. But when we are being used of the Lord, the attack is going to come, and we need to remember that. And um, and you know that very well, and uh, yes. to be asking for prayer is so important. But, you know, the attacks will continue to come until the Lord takes oh, yeah. us home. And um, and it can wear on you. It, you know, you notice it. And, um, and I, you know, um, but it, it just shows that, um, that God's using you. And uh, I just want to remind those, as uh, Jeremiah calls in, that are listening, that the attacks will come when you serve the Lord, and don't be thrown for a loop. You know, it just means that God's using you, and the enemy hates it when we're serving the Lord and leading worship or teaching a Bible study or discipling somebody or ministering to the kids or, you know, uh, just serving in practical ways the love of Jesus Christ to others. And so um, remember this, that you have victory in Jesus Christ, and he's going to see you through. So, Father, I pray for Jeremiah. I thank you for his call. And I just pray that you would just bless him tomorrow night as he goes up and whoever's with him leading worship, that you would anoint him, that you fill him with your spirit, that, Lord, that the, 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 what the enemy does in trying to, to uh, discourage him or the attacks that come, Lord, that you would just um, know that you're going to use him, you're going to see him through, protect him, protect the church and the worship team, May nothing be taken away from what you want to accomplish tomorrow and that his mind would be clear, just focused on you. And, Lord, um, I thank you that uh, we have victory in you um, and we put on the whole armor of God and we know that we can trust in you, but the attacks are real. So encourage him this Christmas season as he has a calling from you, and I thank you for that calling. Just use him in a powerful way in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You bet. God bless right. you. God Have bless a great you worship Thank you very time much. tomorrow. Yeah. You know, God, you know, will see you through as you serve, you know, so many attacks. And, you know, um, we trust in the Lord. He gets us through it. And there's spiritual attack that is real as we're growing as Christians. He doesn't like it that we're being used of him. He doesn't like it that we're depending on him and growing in the word of God. And uh, so... Um, expected, and it is going to happen. We're getting close to to break, and uh, so um, we'll go back to um, the uh, phone lines. Eddie, Russell, I know you're holding. We'll get right to you as soon as we get to the break, but uh, we want you to give us a call. We do have open one open line, 303-690-3000. Text line is two, and uh, some interesting questions on the text line. One was, um, is why was Jesus born in Bethlehem? We'll take a look at that as we come back, and and then some other things. So if you've got any questions um, concerning um, 
you know, uh, Christmas or the Bible, uh, give us uh, that uh, question on the text line, 720-336-0897. Love to hear from you guys out there on the East Coast and Hope FM and Truth FM. Uh, so give me a call uh, as we um, as uh, we'll be heading now into the second half of today's program. And let's talk about Jesus, the Bible, praying for you. So we will be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. You're back listening to Calvary Live. So glad you've joined us for the second half of the show. I'm Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you. And we've had a great first half of the show and uh, so I invite you to call in at 303-690-3000 for your Bible questions or questions about Christian living, or um, you can give your prayer requests uh, as we uh, pray for you. We're so blessed to be able to do that and uh, privileged to be able to do that. So we want to encourage you um, this Christmas season and, and bless you in any way that we can. Um, I do want to invite you, those of you up in northern Colorado, to uh, our service on Christmas Eve, 4 and 6 o'clock at Calvary Chapel Greeley. If you're in the Greeley area, love to worship with you. Um, and as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, there'll be candlelight services, family services. We'll have a nursery provided for you. And then on New Year's Eve, uh, on the 31st, we're going to have a New Year's Eve uh, service, and I do an annual uh, prophecy update. We'll be looking at God's Word, uh, what God's Word has to say about the days in which we're living in, that, uh, the things uh, around us that we see that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. And uh, I think you'll be blessed and encouraged by it. And then after that, we're going to do a study in the book of Revelation on Wednesday night, starting on January the 9th. So we'd invite you to that study. A lot of people that I've talked to have never done a study in the book of Revelation. So we invite you to come and, and join us as we do a verse-by-verse study in Revelation. And it's important for us, too, to also know um, that we are to be looking, to be watching uh, for the Lord's return. We celebrate His first coming um, but we also look forward to his second coming. He promised he would come back. And the Bible, a third of the Bible, just about a third of the Bible, deals with prophecy. So we want to be knowledgeable. We want to have it all in context. And, um, and it is not to scare us. It is to prepare us. And it is to comfort us and to um, help us understand this, that the world that we know it is going to come to an end. And Jesus Christ is going to come and rule and reign. And we got a uh, somebody that's wanting to ask a question here that's waiting. So let's go back to the phone lines uh, before we get to that question. Let's go to Eddie in Denver. Eddie? Uh, hi, Pastor. How are you, Eddie? Good. And you? I'm doing good. What can we do for you? Well, Pastor, first, I, I, I like to praise God for for the work that you guys do. You know, I... 
I'm a, I'm a long-time listener, but I'm a first-time caller, so I'm a little nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. You're talking to family. <laughs> you really are. You're a long-time listener, and I appreciate you calling in. Um, Pastor, I'd like to ask for a prayer request. Um, my my mom recently was uh, diagnosed with a um, parathyroid um, disease. Okay. And, and it's been a little hard. I, I, um, I'm a believer in Christ, and it's... Um, I want to say like seven years ago. Uh-huh. Um, but but sometimes I feel a little a little discouraged. I know that you said that Satan comes in and attacks us as well. Yeah. You know, and um, and I also like to pray for pray for for my wife. My wife, she's um she's a believer in Christ. Maybe around two years ago, but she still has issues and. She has problems, and I feel like Satan comes and uses her to kind of attack our marriage. Yeah, and and he will do that. And, you know, Eddie, you know, one of the things that you're feeling something um, that a lot of Christians and a lot of us feel in, in our spiritual lives, one of the hardest things is waiting on the Lord. Um, and because... We pray, and as we go to Him, and then waiting on Him for Him to bring healing or, um, you know, whatever that we're praying for. And sometimes in that waiting period, we think, Lord, are you working? Do you see? Do you hear? And Eddie, I just want you to know that the Lord's working, and uh, He's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And um, and there's benefit on waiting on the Lord, and He promises that He'll be good to those that wait on him, that he'll bless those who wait on him. Isaiah uh, chapter 30, we know that um, he will uh, strengthen those who wait on him. Uh, as Isaiah chapter 40 tells us, uh, he'll renew their strengths. We know that uh, the book of Lamentations tells us that he will be good to those who wait on him. So he is working, and, uh, and we're going to keep praying. And you keep praying for your mom and for your marriage. And the enemy does attack because when we're, you know, it's it's like uh, in nature, um, he he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And a lion in nature attacks the weak and the young, and that's easy prey. So we're going to pray that your wife just continues to grow, continues to strengthen, and um, and but the enemy loves to come against those who are still, you know, uh, infants or babes in Christ or still growing in Christ, and um, and he loves to bring confusion. So, Father, I pray for Eddie. I thank you that he called in. I pray for his mom, uh, for her condition, parathyroid, and I pray that you bring healing to her, strength to her, minister to her body. Uh, Lord, um, the pain, everything that, that comes with it, um, that you be with the doctors, uh, whatever she's doing, to treat it. But, Lord, may your hand touch her and minister to her and um, and show yourself strong on her behalf. I pray for Eddie's wife. I pray that you would just continue to grow her and, and strengthen their marriage and give Eddie wisdom to minister to his wife, to live with her in an understanding way, to cherish her, to serve her, to water her with the water of the word, and, Lord, I pray that um, as that happens, that she would strengthen, be rooted in you. And, Lord, um, 
and just that armor of God, the the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and that, that you would take the Word and, and hide it in her heart. And when the enemy attacks, to know this, that we overcome him by uh, the blood of the Lamb and the Word of Testimony, and that, Lord, that you would strengthen their marriage, their relationship, their relationship with you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you bet, Eddie. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. And you have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. You as well, Pastor. Bye. Abs- absolutely. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's continue on the phone lines. Russell in Aurora. Russell? Hi. How are you, Russell? I'm doing okay. Good. What can we do for you? Um, I'm calling because I need prayer for my family. Um, we have uh, we have a lot of kids, and we have five kids, and um, my wife accidentally, accidentally got pregnant again, and um, she didn't want to keep the baby. She wanted an abortion, and I wouldn't let her do it. And um, now it's come to the point where she's really depressed, and she's made attempts on her life, and she says that she'll never forgive me for not letting her get an abortion. And with all the mental health issues going on, I've missed so much work now that I'm struggling to pay rent. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to make rent by the 21st or they're going to send us to court. And we're just okay. we're struggling really you, hard right now. You're going through, you're going through a lot right now, Russell. And, um, and to re, one of the things, remind your wife, and I know it's hard, and she's depressed and down, but that baby um, is a blessing from God. And um, to keep reminding her and washing her with the water of the Word as much as you can. We're going to pray that God provides for you. It's very difficult, especially at this time of the year. Uh, but know this, that God wants to work, and uh, you keep looking to Him. And Father, I do pray for Russell. I just pray that you would help him. He's overwhelmed. I, I, I hear his story. We don't know. We just know a very minute a part of it. Um, but Lord, I pray for his wife. I pray that you would bring comfort to her, that she would understand that this baby in her is a baby that, that is a gift from you. And as you form this baby in her womb, that she would get the help that she needs the counseling that she needs, that this family would. Lord, that you help them financially. And Lord, that you would show yourself strong on their behalf. I pray that you be with Russell. Help him as he's trying to be the the husband, the father uh, that you call him to be. Strengthen him, Lord. Uh, Give him wisdom. Provide for him. He's missed a lot of work. I pray that he can get back to work. And Lord, that um, that you would intervene in a supernatural way right now to bring healing and strength and restoration. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey Russell, Russell, mm-hmm. do you guys belong? Do you guys belong to a church at all? Do you, do you have brothers and sisters that help support and pray for you? We've gone to a couple Calvaries, but we don't have like a home church. Okay, okay. That you know, that's one of the things that really help. And and I'm not saying that they're going to be able to help you with everything, but for, for you and for your wife to be able to get counseling, some good biblical counseling and support and prayer is really, really going to be helpful to you. So I would encourage you, 
um, to to pray about that, move in that direction, because we all need that. We all need, you know, there's strength in the brethren, and there's benefit and blessing in being in fellowship and in the church. Uh, but they can they can benefit you and bless you in, in, in different areas, mostly in support and prayer and love, and that's what I want to encourage you to, to seek out, okay? Okay. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, Russell, keep in touch. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. So much that we go through difficulties, we go through hard times, and that's why I always encourage, it's so important that that we have a, a church family and be in fellowship. And I know that circumstances sometimes um, hinders that and makes it difficult, uh, but um, to receive love and prayer and God's Word and counsel and guidance and um, and and there is blessing and benefit, and that's why the Bible says, "Don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together, especially as you see the day approaching." And as we see the day, the day you know approaching that we're, we speaks of the return of the Lord, that we are living in crazy times, we're living in difficult times, and people are confused, and people are overwhelmed, and even Christians, you know, we're called overcomers, but with a lot of Christians it seems like the world's overcoming them. And it's because we forget um, that, you know, the Lord is is there and the Word of God to wash us and to strengthen us. And and to be with believers is such a hope and benefit, and it's very easy to isolate ourselves. So get involved in a church. Get involved with a group of believers, you know, with a church that can pray and help you. Um, and, and be a benefit to you, and give wise and godly counsel to a church that believes in the Word of God, the sufficiency and the authority, the inspiration, and the infallibility of the Word of God. We need the precious, undefiled Word of God in our lives, folks, and especially in the day in which we're in. So I want to encourage you in that. Um, Joseph has been waiting patiently from Baltimore. Joseph? Joseph? Joseph, I know you were waiting, so um, anyway, if you can call back, um, that would be great. But Joseph had a question. I might go ahead and try to answer his question. He had a question in the thousand-year reign, um, what will we do? And um, in the thousand-year reign, we're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting that, uh, it seems like there are many Christians that are all millennials. That means that they believe there's going to be no millennium reign. And as we've been going through Isaiah, Isaiah has been prophesying a lot about the millennium reign, how Jesus is going to come and rule and reign. And a lot of it has to do with his relationship to Israel, that he's going to reign from Jerusalem, um, that uh, he is going to be on the throne. And as Isaiah is given these prophecies, he, he talks about the millennium reign, what's going to take place. It, it's wonderful, and it's absolutely incredible. But in Isaiah chapter 2, uh, he says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. And he goes on, and he says uh, in verse 4 that they shall beat their swords in the plowshares and their spears in the pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn of war anymore. Isaiah's talking about the millennium reign. Now that's a verse that's plastered on the front of the United Nations, but it will not come to pass until 
you know, the nations of this world is ruled by Jesus Christ. So he is going to come back in the millennium reign. Revelation chapter 20 speaks of that. And he's going to rule for a thousand years. So the Bible is pretty clear to me. And Isaiah is told that it shall come to pass in the latter days. Not that it might come to pass, or it's a possibility. John the Revelator, when he's on the island of Patmos, was told by the angel, write these things down uh, that must take place, not that they might take place. And we know that in the millennium reign, that we're going to see that Jesus is going to rule and reign. There's a lot of scripture from the Old Testament. He's going to sit upon the throne of David. He's going to rule the nations with a rod of iron, Psalm chapter 2. And we're going to rule and reign with him. And and that's what's so wonderful about the millennium reign. Um, And it says here in that new song in Revelation chapter 5 that you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal. This is the new song in that multitude that's before the throne. And you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood. That's speaking of Jesus out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nations. That's the church. He has redeemed us by his blood, by every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. You have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So we're going to rule and reign with the Lord on the earth. What exactly we're going to be doing, I don't know, but that's why it's important to live for him now. And Jesus talked a whole lot about that. He talked about it in the parable of the talents. He talked about it in the parable of the mina when he was leaving Jericho to go up to Jerusalem for his triumphal entry. Luke tells us in his narrative that the people were expecting him to to usher in the kingdom of God immediately. So Jesus stopped, and he told this parable, and I think this goes along with what uh, Joseph was wanting to ask um, on this question and for our consideration uh, as we think about it. But here is Luke, uh, that in Luke chapter 19, I believe, that um, I'm going to back up to um, where Jesus need to get in Luke's gospel, is about ready to go up, as I said, to Jerusalem. And as he does, um, he tells a parable. Yeah, Luke chapter 19. And he says that a certain nobleman went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom to return. And so he called ten of his servants, delivered them ten minas, and said to them, to business till I come. And so it talks about how he went to receive the kingdom. He would come back. And he commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called of him, and he might know how much every man had gathered by trading. And so he talks to them. The first one says, Your mina has turned in minas. And he said, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in very little. You have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. And then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept and put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you. And, And he goes on, and he ends up getting rebuked. But to say this, that what God has given to you, and I believe that the mina is different than the talents, similar parable, but different in that the mina is the gospel that has been entrusted to us. The parable, the talents, I believe, speaks of gifts and opportunities and uh, talents that we have to, to serve him. But to invest what God has given to you, invest in your resources, your time, your devotion, 
to invest in, in praying for others and in, in sharing truth with others. And you see, we are to invest that. And then as we stand before the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ, that we're going to be rewarded for what we have done for him. It's not talking about salvation, but we're going to receive rewards. We're going to rule and reign. It seems to be a connection. And Jesus says, for you who have invested in what I've given to you, you're going to rule over 10 cities, you over five cities. You know, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, is what the parable of the talent says. I'll make you ruler over many. So we're going to rule and reign um, with Jesus in the millennium year, uh, you know, reign here on the earth. And it's so exciting to think that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that we're going to be judging angels. What exactly does that mean? We're, we're going to be, you know, uh, be telling them, you know, uh, what to do, judging angels. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means, but we have a wonderful future. So, you know, sometimes people, Christians, because they don't know the Scripture, they think that that the scriptures uh, just tell us we're going to be sitting on a th- you know a cloud, playing a harp and twiddling our thumbs, and we're going to rule and reign with Him. And so, what we do now for Christ, and it's all going to be judged by fire, according to First Corinthians chapter three. And all of our works are going to be like uh, gold, silver, and precious metal, or wood, hay, and stubble. And that's why the scriptures, and particularly Jesus in the New Testament, the writers tell us, invest in the kingdom. Make the kingdom a priority. Some of the last words of Jesus said, Behold, I am coming quickly, in Revelation chapter 22. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. Now, I've already stated we cannot work for our salvation, but with that said, we will be rewarded will be given responsibilities. We will reign with him in the millennium reign. And that's so exciting to me. And what that causes me to to do and how to think and how they live, you know, knowing that that this world again as we know it is going to go away and Jesus is going to rule and we are citizens of heaven and we're going to rule and reign with him. So it's so exciting to know that and to um you know to make him the priority and, and to invest in what he's given to us. Listen, the Lord's coming back, folks, and um, he has things for us to do. This is, to me, I kind of consider this boot camp. You know, this is boot camp, getting ready for uh, when the Lord, um, you know, desires to use us as we reign with him. So uh, a lot that's there. We'll talk about those things in our study in the book of Revelation. But there is a question that came in um, at first, and it was a good question concerning uh, um Christmas is why was Jesus born in Bethlehem? And then the second part of that question that somebody had asked is uh, the city of David mentioned in Luke chapter 2, why is Jerusalem called the city of David? And I just want to answer that very quickly. We know that David, as you read um, about his life in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, he was born in Bethlehem. And it was very, very you know, common that a leader, and David would end up being the greatest king that Israel ever had, was um, it was common for them to name the city that they were born in after the leader. So Bethlehem uh, was where David was born. We know that it was called and referred to in Luke chapter 2 as the city of David, and that's where Jesus would be born. David was told um, in the promise that God gave to him in Second Samuel, uh, I believe chapter 7, that David, 
Uh, You're not going to build me a house, but I'm going to build you a house. And upon your throne is going to come the Messiah. And that's why in the Gospels you see that um, it was Jesus that people would yell to him, Son of David, Son of David. That was a messianic title. They all knew that Jesus would come from the line of David. So uh, very important for us to understand. So when Joseph goes uh, to register register for new taxes, Luke chapter 2, of course, tells us that he has to go to Bethlehem because he's from uh, the, uh, the line of David. Uh, he goes uh, up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was at the house and lineage of David. So that's where he goes and registered. Mary was from the line of David as well, so she goes with him, and of course that's where Jesus would be born. But David also, we know that when he conquered Jerusalem in 2 Samuel chapter 5, that was held by the Jebusites, that it says that David called it the city of, of David. And so Jerusalem is referred to several times, uh, in the Old Testament is the city of David. Uh, that's where he built his palace. That's where Jerusalem began. So don't mix up the two. David, uh, because he was a leader born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem was referred to the city of David. But then as he conquered Jerusalem, he called it the city of David, just as the son of David, the greater than David, Jesus Christ, was born in Bethlehem. And then he's going to sit upon the throne of David. He's going to rule from Jerusalem. So it's all interesting. Good question. Um, But the city of David in the Old Testament referred to to Jerusalem that David had conquered. And then, of course, in Luke chapter 2, Bethlehem was known as the city of David. So important consideration. So um, a couple things that as we continue on, um, we just got a couple minutes um, and... Uh, so uh, I want to kind of uh, see if we can take something real quick. Um, there's uh, a prayer request for uh, somebody who, um, I, and this kind of just touched me, uh, who's going through a lot of loss right now, and we, let's just pray for them. And um, God knows who they are, and maybe some of you are going through some losses Christmas and just grieving. So, Father, I do pray for that. I pray that um, as uh, people go through Christmas. It can be a hard time. It can be a difficult time. Uh, but, uh, Lord, I do pray that you would uh, just bring the comfort to those this Christmas season and to know that it was fulfilled, um, as the prophet Isaiah said, that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God's with us, that they would know that God's with them and desires to bring comfort to them that you would bless them. And Lord, even um, in the hurt and in the loss, that there would be that joy unspeakable because we have you. And Jesus came to give us hope, and and we have a living hope through his resurrection. We thank you that we are saved and and that we, um, Lord, have you in our lives. So bring that comfort to everyone uh, that is asking in this one particular person that just texted in that is really hurting right now. And I just pray that you bring the comfort that they need um, in Christmas, in the coming new year, in Jesus' name. Hey, we got a few minutes um, in the show, and um, I just want to, again, wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. And, um, you know, next week is, is Christmas and the new year, so I'll be back. 
um, at the uh, after the first of the year. And I just want to say it's such a privilege to be a part of your lives and to be on Calvary Live, uh, to be able to answer questions and to pray with you. And I just want to thank you for your support. I want to thank you for your encouragement. And I want to encourage you to continue to listen. And um, we are reaching so many people. And uh, so just pray for um, you know Grace FM. I know some of you are listening on the East Coast, Hope and and Truth FM can't underestimate the importance of good Christian radio and good Bible teaching and Calvary Live. I'm thankful that we can be a part of your lives and answer questions and pray with you. And looking forward to next year, what the Lord has for us and uh, being back with you. I'm actually going to start hosting not only on Tuesdays, but on Fridays as well. So I'll be with you two days a week and uh, maybe perhaps some other times um, during the week. But uh, always blessed to be with you, to answer your questions. Um, And that really is my prayer, is that uh, God works exceedingly abundantly for you, uh, that you have uh, joy and, and peace this Christmas season. Those of you traveling, be safe, okay? Um, invite somebody out to church. Uh, look forward to the new year. It's new beginnings, and he wants to do that new work in your life and continue uh, using us to reach others for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you so much. God bless you. Merry Christmas, everybody, and we'll see you after the first of the year. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.